Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today to the JTP Church Podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message. If you want to share with us what God is doing in your life, you can write us at hello at jtp.church. If you would like to partner with us and make a financial gift to our ministry, you can visit us at www.jtp.church and make a donation. Now sit back and enjoy the message. just to be talking about Jesus. I believe that he is present in this place and he is working, he is doing stuff. And maybe you came here with some type of challenge or maybe you're going through difficult seasons. We spoke a little bit about that last week and we're going to continue today. But I believe that God has something planned for you. So why don't you turn to somebody close to you, whether you came with them or not, and tell them God has something up his sleeve for you, just for you. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. And I want to share with you today about remaining well positioned. You know, God's goal as well as mine here today is that we stop using time, our strength, our thoughts on things that we cannot change and apply that effort and time and thoughts to being well positioned. So last week we spoke about times and seasons in life. And if you took notes, you probably remember that King Solomon said that there's a time and a season for everything. There's a time for living. There's a time for dying. There's a time for laughing. And there's a time for crying. And one of the things that we mentioned is that not all the seasons that he mentions are good seasons or desirable seasons. Because even in bad seasons, God sometimes brings good things out of it. Right? But there's some seasons that are not as desirable as others. How many of you would prefer to cry than to laugh? Raise your hand. Rather laugh. How many would prefer to die than to live, right? We want to live, but there's seasons that we go through. One of the points that we touched last week is that every season has an expiration. Everybody say every season has an expiration. But I must admit, I lied. <laughs> I lied last week. Well, it's not, not really a lie, but I just uh, didn't complete the sentence. There's seasons that we go through that have expiration date, but if you're not careful, you could prolong seasons. You could extend seasons that were meant to be a lot shorter and make them longer. And it wasn't God's fault, and it wasn't that God wanted to have you in that season for that long, but there's certain things. And today I'm going to share with you five things that we need to be careful with because these things, and I'm going to prove it to you by the Bible, what they do is they extend seasons that were only meant to last a short period of time. If you're not careful, you could end up spending 40 years in a season that was only meant for just a couple of weeks. So that's what I'm talking about today when we're speaking about being well positioned. So raise your hand real high and say, Lord, I am ready to learn today on how to be well positioned. Go with me quickly to the book of Exodus chapter 6. I'm sure that a lot of you guys that have been in church for a while, if you heard 40 years, you already know what story I'm going to be talking about, right? <laughs> Exodus chapter 6, verse 6 through 8, is the story of Moses when he led the people out of slavery. And you need to understand that these people were in slavery for 400 years. 400, you know what that is? At this point, the only thing that they remember that the kids, the new generation that was being born in slavery, the only thing that they remember that they hear about were stories that were most of them lost in time. 400 years, that's what, 10 generations, 20 generations, depending on what you consider a generation. And you start losing stuff after generations. I love finding out about my ancestors. And unfortunately, Ancestry.com can't help me much because my ancestors came from Europe and they went down to South America. They didn't come here to North America. But I love finding out when, when my grandparents were alive, I would ask them stuff about their grandparents and I want to know when they were born and what they were like and what they would do. I actually keep a lot of things that are special for me, cards and things people write or, or like my first Marlin game that I ever went through and stuff like that. I have a, I have a big box of things that I keep birthday cards. I keep a lot of stuff because I really value things being passed on from generation to generation. I want my kids, my grandchildren, their grandchildren to be able to know a little bit about who I was and what I did. And I love to know 
about my grandparents. But, I mean, it's hard. I think probably three, four generations, and, and that's it. I, I don't know anything about who they were. And plus, my family's like a mud. It's, it's, we're all mixed. We got some Russian in us. <laughs> my grandfather was from the Ukraine. So I have some Italian, some Spanish, some, and, and we're just all mixed from all over the place. So imagine these people, 400 years in slavery. I mean, there's probably just a few stories that were probably even hard to believe about what life was like when things were prosperous. When Joseph, when God blessed Joseph and everything that he touched, and he brought his family from, from where they were into Egypt. But then as another ruler arised that did not know Joseph, things started going bad and going bad, and they ended up being slaves 400 years of slavery until finally God brings a deliverer. This is not the topic, but maybe you're going through situations that have you enslaved. And maybe you're going through stuff that, man, you've tried to change in your own power and you haven't been able to and it's been too long. You've probably even given up. But I believe that there's power of God. I don't care if, it's, I don't think there's anybody here that's, been, that's lived 400 years. But even if you did, there's power of God to break situations and to break generational curses that have been prevalent in your family for a long time. So Exodus chapter 6, verse 6, I want you to follow with me. If you have your Bible, open it up. It says, therefore, say to the people of Israel, and this is God telling Moses, tell them, I am the Lord. I will free you from your oppression and will rescue you from your slavery in Egypt. I will redeem you with a powerful arm and great acts of judgment. I will claim you as my own people. Touch somebody close to you and tell them, you belong to the Lord. You are his. I will claim you as my own people and I will be your God. They will know that I am the Lord your God who has freed you from your oppression in Egypt. And then he says something interesting in verse 8. I want to draw your attention to that. He says, I will bring you into the land I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you as your very own possession. And then he signs, I am the Lord. Like saying, I'm the man. I said this, not somebody else. What I promised and, you know, one thing is when God says something, I don't think God has to swear. I mean, his word is truth, period. But when God says, hey, I swear that I'm going to give you this land, you could take it to the bank. It's going to happen. How many say amen? How many of you are grabbing on to promises that God has given you? Maybe you haven't seen it yet, but you know that God does not lie, that he's going to come through. So I want you to say really loud, say God had a plan. And now I want you to say God has a plan. We're talking about something that happened 4,000 years ago, but just as God had a plan with Israel and with Moses, God has a plan for you. You need to believe that. God has a plan. He's up to something. He has something up his sleeve. He wants to use you. He wants to take you to great, great things. Maybe you're in a difficult season, but like we said, seasons have an expiration. You're not going to stay in that season for very long. At least that's not God's plan. So in this case, God's plan was to lead his people out of slavery 400 years as slaves, finally out of slavery, and give them a productive and blessed land. Only one, only one thing. To get to this promised land, they had to literally first go through a wilderness, a desert. Geographically speaking, if you're looking at the map, here's the promised land, Canaan, and here's Egypt where they are, and they needed to go through a desert to get there. A literal geographical desert. And if you join me in Exodus chapter 5, verse 1, it says, After this presentation, here comes Moses and Aaron, his brother, who was one of the spiritual leaders of the slaves. Moses meets them and he says, Hey, this is what God told me. Well, and now, after Moses tells Aaron and all the people of Israel what God had told them, Moses and Aaron went to, sp went to speak to Pharaoh, which was the king back then. The guy in charge. And they told him, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. And I want you to pay attention to these words, okay? He says, let my people go so they may hold a festival in my honor in the wilderness. I want you to let my people go because there's a purpose for this desert and for this wilderness. And the purpose, you know, sometimes we talk about after parties, right? After an event, there's the after party. Ah, well, this was a pre-party. 
And that's what God does. And when we are people of faith, when we are people that trust God's word, that believe everything that God says, we can go through a desert and we know, because of what God said in his word, that deserts, it's a place where we have to just celebrate what's about to come. We even say it in the church, right? We say, man, if you're going through hell right now, that's because, man, the blessing that's on the other side, it's huge. And when you have that faith, when you're a person of faith, and I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to faith in a little bit. When you're a person of faith, man, you can, you can party in the difficult circumstances, right? You can, you can hold a festival in the wilderness. And, and what's, I mean, when you talk about wilderness, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Anybody? What do you think? Okay, desert. There's, there's heat, right? There's exhaustion. There's, it's hot, right? We, we have this these ACs here. South Florida can get really hot in the summer, right? And, and you just go out. I mean, sometimes I get home from work and Luca's like dying to play basketball. That's all he wants to do now, nowadays. So he says, dad, come on, one-on-one, one-on-one. So I go outside and we play. I just, I just go outside, shoot three hoops, and I'm already sweating. And, and it's hot, but I get back home and it's nice and it's cool. We have our, you know, our nest turned to 72 degrees and we're we're cool. They didn't have ACs back then. And now leaving Egypt, they have to go through this desert. And the purpose of God, and he says it right here, it's to hold a festival. And maybe there's people going through deserts in your life, emotional deserts, emotional wilderness. Maybe it's a physical desert because your health hasn't been where it should have been and You've been having some health problems. Maybe in your relationship, you're going through certain deserts. And you know what? People of God, even in the midst of desert, they hold festivals. They start celebrating. Apostle Peter, in one of his letters that he wrote to the churches in the New Testament, he says, man, when you're in a fiery trial, man, be joyful. Have extreme joy when you're going through a fiery trial. You have your trials, okay? And then you have your fiery trials. You know what I mean? Okay, fiery trials are not just regular trials. They're like trials to the 10th power. When you're going through hell, right, have joy. And, and you read that and you're like, what? That, I mean, come on, when I'm going through trials, I just want to lay in my bed and just cry or just, you know, do other stuff, but not hold a festival. But when you are a person of faith, you know that something's waiting for you on the other side. And I just want to ask, how many of you guys know and trust God that there's something amazing on the other side, no matter what you're going through right now? Amen. Amen. So God had a plan. The purpose was, I want you to hold a festival in my honor in the wilderness. So the desert, check it out, the desert was supposed to be a place where they celebrated their freedom. We're free, finally, after 400 years God set us free and we're on our way, baby. We're on our way to the promised land. It was a triumphal entry into the blessed land. And in modern times, for example, if you compare this trip that they did from Egypt, it would be like the equivalent of going from Cairo, Egypt, all the way to Jerusalem. Assuming that's about 730 kilometers and assuming considering that there were kids and there were elderly people, assuming that they could only walk six hours a day, that's, only, that's less than a three-week trip, okay? Six hours a day, you get up, you know, we walk for three hours, then you rest, you walk for another three hours, and that's it. We settle, we rest, wake up the next day. It would only take three weeks. So the question is, why in the world? If God had this land for them and it was a blessed land and that was what God wanted for them. He wanted to bless them because how many of you know that God likes to bless his children? Like every father does. I love to bless my son. His tooth fell off the other day. And uh, he, he wants basketball cards. All right. He's like obsessed. And there's been a phenomenon now that in no Target and no, and no Walmart, the, the retail ones that used to, used to buy in these blaster boxes, they're not available. People have been buying them, and then they sell them on eBay for like three times as much. So we went to like, when his tooth fell off, we went to like five Targets, we went all over South Florida, and we didn't find anything. So I finally found them on StockX, which is a place where they sell collectibles, they sell shoes and stuff. Um, so 
I ordered them, and something happened that the seller, what they do is that the seller ships to StockX, StockX authenticates it to make sure that it's not phony, that it's real, and then StockX sends it to us. Well, the seller never, never sent it. It's been already a week and a half, and Luca, every time, the minute I walk in the door, he's like, Dad, where are my, are my basketball cards here? I'm like, Luca, no. Not yet, not yet. So start praying. <laughs> Maybe God will come through. Um, 730 kilometers, walking six hours a day, it would only take three weeks. Why has it taken it so long? Luca gets impatient. He can't, he's like, when are they going to get here? And these people, they were only supposed to celebrate for three weeks and enter the promised land. What kept them up? What kept them from the promised land? What extended their stay? So today, I want to share with you, and I encourage you to write this down, especially in your heart, because this is going to help you in life. Write this in your heart. If you have your iPad, if you have your iPhone, you have pen and paper, write it down because this is going to help you. I want to talk to you about five things that extend seasons beyond what God wants, beyond the time that God has established for them. There are things that we can do or not do that extend difficult seasons. And the first one is hearing God through third parties. Hearing God through third parties. And I want you to go with me to Exodus chapter 20. All of these five that I'm going to share with you are from the Bible and from this specific story. So look what happened here. They're in the wilderness. And in verse 19, they said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen. But don't let God speak directly to us or we will die. And Moses, who knew God, told them, hey, don't be afraid. For God has come in this way to test you and so that your fear of him will keep you from sinning. But verse 21 says, as the people stood in the distance, Moses approached the dark cloud where God was. So who went to go see God? Moses. But the people stayed what? At a distance. And sometimes, how does that apply to us right now? Well, sometimes we come and we hear from God or we believe we hear from God on a Sunday like this. And it's important to come congregate. The Bible says that it's, it's amazing. Corporately work, corporate worship is beautiful. Uh, God speaks to us. I believe that God speaks to our hearts. He's speaking to people today. But nothing, Sundays can't replace your relationship with God. Because sometimes we settle for God speaking to us through third parties. And, and a prophet could come and give you a word, and a pastor can come and encourage you and share a scripture with you. But nothing, there are things that God will never tell you through a third party. That God wants to tell you in the secret place. That God wants to tell you when you're in your house and when you're seeking him in private. And the problem with these people was that they wanted, hey, Moses, you know what? Oh, I don't know. Uh, you know, we'll stay right here, let God speak to you, you speak to us, and we're cool. And I put this as the first thing that I wanted to touch upon because, you know, sometimes as Christians, how many, how many preachings, how many sermons have we heard on, on prayer? I mean, come on, uh, so many. I've been in the church since I was a kid, since I was born practically. Prayer is like in top ten. I mean, it's got to be, right? And prayer, I know I have to pray. I know, but how many do we, how many of us, actually pray the way we're supposed to how many of us do have a thriving relationship with God where God speaks to us where by this time as many years as we have or months of knowing God we already know how to how to understand and we can tell when it's God speaking to us and when it's just you know a human emotion that's spurting from within us and and how many of us have a thriving relationship? Because sometimes, and even in our walk with God, we can have seasons where we're on fire for God. When, when we go to him, and, and usually it's difficult seasons, right? When, when we're pressed, that we, we pray, when we're like, God, I need an answer. But even when things are going good, you need to have a relationship with God. Because there's purpose, there's direction in every single day. So these people did not want to have a personal relationship with God. They wanted, hey, God, you speak to Moses. Moses, you speak to us. And that creates a bunch of problems, which are the other four things that I'm going to talk about today. So everybody say, I need to hear God personally. 
And it's never too late. I don't, it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian, how long you've been coming to church. It, God is not mad because you don't talk to him. I mean, God is just waiting for the day that you would start to talk to him. To say, well, son, I've been waiting for so long. I have so much to show you. But you've been busy looking at things with your own point of view. And I want to show you what I'm about to do here. That you can never do in your own power. There are things that God will never communicate to you through a third party. God is not the type of guy that will say, hey, tell that guy to tell that guy to tell that guy to do this. No. He comes to you and he speaks to you. The important things that have to do with specific things in your life. The first thing on the list so that your difficult seasons don't drag on is to have a hotline with the creator. Just have an open communication with God. If you don't have a prayer life, even if you keep the remaining four points that we're going to talk about, it's not going to do you any good. You're not going to get to the place where God, that God has for you. You could even come to church, but you're going to be, so to speak, figuratively speaking, going around in the desert for years after years after years and not seeing what God had for your life. So, Lord, I don't understand this, but I trust you. I go to you. I don't understand what I'm going through this season, so help me see it. Help me trust you in the midst of this. Open my spiritual eyes so that I can understand and have the right attitude. This helps us. I want to learn the lesson in the shortest amount possible, the shortest time possible, and get to the promised land on time. Trust me, you don't want to be delayed on that trip. You're going to miss out. But for that, I need to listen to God and not depend on others. So number two, write this down. First, we can't hear God exclusively through third parties. Second, we can't lack faith. Everybody say, I need to have faith. And, and faith is a result of your relationship with God. All of this ties in to your prayer life and how you talk to God and what place you give God in your heart. In the book of Exodus, chapter 17, verse 7, it says, Moses named the place Massa, which means test. How many of you guys are stuck on Massa? <laughs> Probably test, a trial, right? Right now, maybe. And Marib Mariba, which means arguing. Because the people of Israel argued with Moses and tested the Lord by saying, is the Lord here with us or not? Is God really with us here in the wilderness or not? And I want to ask you, can you trust God in the middle of your wilderness? Can you trust God when you're going through really tough situations that you don't understand? And it's incredible that these people, they were the same ones that saw Moses lift the staff and the sea just parted in two. How many of you would have liked to have been there on that day? Right here. Yes. It would have been amazing. I would have loved to have been there. I, I love the ocean, so it would have been incredible just to see what it was like and how God did it and, I mean, just crazy things. It, the Bible says that at night so they wouldn't be cold, he had a fire. Una columna de fuego. He had, like, fire that kept them warm. When they started to get hungry... And maybe they didn't have enough hunters there. God started bringing down manna with all the nutrients necessary so that they could be healthy and grow in the middle of a desert. When they got thirsty, God went to a rock. When have you seen water come out of a rock? And God told Moses, just smack it with your staff. And he did. And water started flowing from a rock. I mean, these people saw crazy things. But what got them to the point that now they're lacking faith and they're saying, is the Lord here with us or not? You see, it doesn't matter how long. Sometimes it, we've seen God manifest himself just powerfully in our lives, but we could go through situations that get us questioning God. And if you don't have a solid foundation in Christ and you don't have a personal relationship with God, man, you could have been strong yesterday, but today you're doubting him. That's why the Bible says, look, if you're strong today, make sure you're, you pray tomorrow and make sure you pray to Tuesday and Wednesday and November and December and 2021 and 2022. Because if you're strong today, nothing guarantees that you're going to be strong tomorrow. What keeps us strong is our relationship with God. 
What keeps us strong, the other day we brought a plant here, is, is that the life of God is flowing through us and keeping us strong and keeping us focused. Our relationship with God is what makes us strong. And because these people did not want to go to the mountain and have a relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus, now they find themselves lacking faith. Is this really God? Is God with us here? I mean, guys, have you thought about this? I mean, look, it's been a long time. I don't know how far into the 40 years they were, but apparently it was too long, right? And it's like, why aren't we getting to the promised land? What's, what's going on? And the whole time they didn't know that. They were the ones that were keeping themselves out. Point number three. Another thing that keeps us or, or that extends seasons in our lives that are not desirable is lack of effort and courage. The Bible encourages us <laughs> to have courage, right? It tells us we need to be courageous. We need to be strong. But your level of faith will determine your level of effort. So if we don't have a relationship with God, our faith is going to be on the, our, the level of our faith is going to be on the floor. And obviously, as a consequence, we're not going to have courage. And I want you to go to Numbers chapter 13, so I could just prove this to you. A story that you guys know that happened there in the desert. It says, but Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. And look at Caleb's message. This would be your message and my message to this generation. He said, let's go at once to take the land. He said, we can certainly conquer it. But, everybody say, there's always a but in the way, right? <laughs> but, the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. And look at the other report. They, the other guys said, we can't go up against them. They're just too strong. They're stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report. What did they spread? They spread a bad report. I'm, let me ask you something. Was the report real? Was the report real or not? Of course it was real. They're just communicating what their eyes were seeing. They're like, man, we went over there, and, and let me just share what they said. They spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought of us too. So this is, they did, a, they did an evaluation. That's why as people of God, we can never go by what our eyes see. We are people of faith, right? We call things that are not as they are, especially when God directs us into believing. But these people went and they did their jobs. They went and they, they said, oh my gosh, bro, look, look at the size of these people, man. These are, this is like a clan of Goliaths, bro. How <laughs> in the world are we going to overcome these people and then they went to the cities they thought it was going to be just a little, nice little town they saw these fortified cities with walls around them with an army with people that are dressed up protecting that that had their bow and arrow and and, and they go back to Moses and say listen I mean we're people we're we're farmers we don't have as many people as they do and we go they're gonna kill us they're gonna wipe us out but why? Why weren't they courageous? Why did Caleb and Joseph have a, diff a different perspective? Why did Caleb say, hey, let's go. We're going to take them. It's our time. They were seeing the same thing. But one of them, or one group of them, were seeing things through their physical eyes. And the other ones were seeing things through faith. So this is what I want to minister to you today. When you have a relationship with God, the way you view things change. When you have a relationship with God, God starts showing you things in the spirit. And you start seeing things from another point of view. That somebody that did not see God, that's not walking a life of faith, says, oh man, don't, don't get in that. You're going to get messed up. If you do that, if you start your business, if you do this, if you start believing God, if you buy this building, if you, it's, it's going to be messed up. But those that were in the presence of God and that know in their heart that this is it, they have a different perspective. And they believed. The Bible says that all these people that lacked faith, that lacked courage, that didn't see God, you know what they ended up doing? They died in the desert. 40 years just going around and in circles. You know what? 2020, 
there's still a lot of people just going around and around and around and no purpose. No purpose. You don't know where you're going. And God does have a purpose for you. He has a promised land for you. He wants to use you. But if you don't have a relationship with God, and if you don't have a life of faith when, that when God tells you do something that's physically impossible, you jump up and you say, let's go, and you're valiant, then you're going to miss out. You're going to miss out, and you're going to settle for a lot less than what God has for you. Number four, the fourth thing that extends seasons is complaint, murmuring, gossip. And I want you to, I'm, I'm going to go through these really quick. I don't, I don't think I gave them to the media team. Numbers chapter 11, verse 1, if you guys are writing down. It says, soon after the people began to complain. Everybody say, complain. Any complainers in the house today? No? We had a few honest ones in the first service. They're like, Lord, I need help. <laughs> but let's admit it. I, I know nobody raised their hands. Maybe you raised your heart. <laughs> but we can, we can complain sometimes and, and go to God and say, God, but what's, what's going on? What's the deal? I'm tithing. <laughs> I'm a giver. Where's the, where are the open heavens, right? God, I'm believing. I'm believing. What, what's going on? Why is this delayed? And sometimes we can complain. Numbers 11.1 1 says, Soon after the people began to complain about the hardships they faced. Now what was, the, what was God's plan? It wasn't for them to complain about the hardships. It was for them to go and celebrate their freedom. But they're complaining about the hardships. And the Lord heard everything they said. I want you to touch somebody close to you and tell them, be careful what you say and be careful what you think because God hears everything you say. And knows every thought you have. The Lord heard everything they said. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against them. If you go to the next chapter, Numbers 12.1, it says, While they were at Hazaroth, Miriam and Aaron, which are Moses' brother and sister, they criticized Moses because he had married a Cushite woman, a dark-skinned woman. Yeah, there's racism in the Bible too, right? They said, Has, and then they said this, has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Hasn't he spoken through us too? He's saying, why should we listen to Moses? Aren't we chosen by God as well? And God appoints people. It's not people who appoints people. God appoints people. He appointed Moses. Moses didn't even know how to speak. But God, I mean, he has a way of <laughs> choosing people that other people would not choose, right? That's why I'm here. That's why you're serving Right? God has a way of choosing people that say, God, I can, I can never do that. What? You choose me? You got the wrong person. Say, yeah, that's, that's the attitude that I need because it's going to be through my glory. Not through your skills. Not through your talent. So these people are going up against Moses. But look what happens. It says, the Lord heard them. God hears when we criticize, when we complain, when we murmur, when we talk bad about our leaders, when we... When we Talk bad about our parents, for those that are young. God listens to everything. Look at Numbers 14, verse 1. It says, then the whole community began weeping aloud, and they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus to protest against Moses and Aaron. And look what their chorus was. They were, if only we had died in Egypt, or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us to Die in battle. Talk about lack of revelation. It's easy to criticize them, you know, when we look and we, we zoom out and something that happened 4,000 years and we know what happened afterwards. But sometimes we're in the middle of our journey, of our path, and, and we're questioning and we're, we're doing the same thing that they were doing. Instead of trusting God. And we don't realize that all we're doing when we murmur, when we complain, when we, is extending season. It's like, man, just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> I can see God, right, trying to tell us, Jonathan, Jonathan, just sh 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 shut. Shut up. It's right there. And you're just going to extend and you're going to just keep your mouth shut. Number 1641 says, but the very next morning, the whole community, now it's everybody, of Israel, yeah, because 
when you start gossiping and stuff, it starts expanding. The whole community of Israel began muttering against Moses and Aaron saying, you have killed the Lord's people. Now, now they're judging Moses and attributing people that did stuff that was wrong and, and they died in the desert. Now they're attributing this to Moses. Numbers 20, verse 3 and 5. The people blamed who? Moses. And said, if only we had died in the Lord's presence with our brothers, why have you brought the congregation of the Lord's people into the wilderness to die, along with all our livestock? Why did you make us leave Egypt and bring us here to this terrible place? Was it supposed to be terrible? The wilderness was a place to celebrate. Pre-party, remember? Pre-party, we're free, we're going to the promised land, two weeks away, we're ready, I'm, I'm ready, I'm pumped, it's going to be a new season. But they, they, just, they didn't get it. Because they were hearing from thirds. And as a consequence, they lacked faith. And as a consequence, they lacked courage. And as a consequence, now they're murmuring and complaining. Why did you make us leave Egypt and bring us to this terrible place? This land has no grain, no figs, no grapes, no pomegranates, and no water to drink. Turn the page. Numbers 21.5. I'm finishing up. Numbers 21.5. I'm just trying to prove to you that it wasn't one time. These people were consistent. Were consistent. And all they were doing is delaying what God had already prepared for them. Numbers 21.5 says, And they began to speak against God and Moses. All right, so now it's not just Moses. Now they're also complaining against God. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness? They complain. There's nothing to eat here and nothing to drink. We hate this terrible or horrible manna. And they're fed up. And so is God. And, and we see that the way they spoke is a consequence of their lack of revelation. If you don't have a relationship with God, you miss out on why you're going through seasons that you don't understand. You know there's a purpose for everything. I've seen God get people out of seasons and just glorify him, glorify himself in the most difficult of seasons. I've seen God use people's shortcomings just to start and fulfill his purpose for that person. I've, I've seen God do just so many things, but sometimes we don't, we don't understand and we don't take time to listen from God. And the fifth point that I want to share with you is rebellion. Everybody say rebellion. So we start with murmuring, complaining, ah, I hate this man, ah, ah. and then it gets to a point where, yeah, you're, you're upset and you rebel. And there is a rebellion there's seven rebellions in the people of Israel that are registered in the Bible. But I want to talk to you about the, one of the biggest ones. It's the rebellion of Korah. And if you join me in Numbers chapter 16, last verse we're going to read, verse 1 and 2. It says, One day Korah, son of Izar, a descendant of Kohath, son of Levi, conspired. What did he do? He conspired against Dathan and Abiram, which were, a, which were priests, the sons of Eliab, and Anson of Peleth from the tribe of Reuben. Lots of names there. Verse 2, they incited a rebellion against Moses along with 250, not just regular people, but other leaders of the community, all prominent members of the assembly. So this is what happened. Let me just paraphrase because it's a long story. You can read it at home. But these people started going to people and not just regular people, going to the 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 people that were in charge of the community, leaders in the community, started saying, look, Moses is up to no good. I mean, are, are, you sick, are you sick and tired with the manna? Come on, let's be honest. Manna, every day, day, night, I, I'm done. I'm done with manna. And how long has it been? 40, 38 years, uh, and we're still not in the promised land? You think he's a good leader? You think that God's, I don't, I don't know. And they started just rebelling against the authority. And Korah comes, and he started forming this whole rebellion, and he started he started raising his voice in the middle of the assembly and saying, no, God is not with Moses. Why does God have only to speak? Or why does God only speak through Moses? He, he could speak through us too. I mean, we're leaders, right? We're leaders. Yeah, God could speak through us too. And, and God spoke to Moses and he says, Moses, I'm just going to throw fire from heaven and I'm just going to wipe them out right now. And I love the attitude of Moses because that should be the attitude of every leader. Aaron and Moses, the Bible says that they got on their face and they said, God, have mercy. They don't know what they're doing. You know, they're just, they're just confused. Please have mercy. Don't burn, 
you know, don't, don't send fire from heaven, you know, don't, we don't, we don't need another Sodom and Gomorrah here, okay? Uh, just time out. Let me talk to them. And so they went and they talked to them. And then what they did is this. Look, tomorrow morning, everybody's going to gather. And you guys, the 250 with Korah, you guys are going to have your sacrifice. And me and Aaron and our priests, we're going to have our sacrifice. And if God is with you guys, then may we die. But if God is with us, let the earth open up and swallow you alive. And guess what happened? Exactly what, what Moses had declared. The next day in the morning, they got all their stuff ready. They started going through all the, all the rites that they used to do back then when you offered God's sacrifice uh, as a peace offering and whatnot. And, and the Bible says that when these people started offering their sacrifice, the earth opened. It was like a, like a um, the earthquake, thank you. <laughs> Terremoto. There was an earthquake. The earth opened up and they fell to hell alive. And just as it opened up, it closed up. So what are, what are we getting at? These five things, when we have these five things in our life, all it does is extend seasons. Maybe you're going through a situation right now or maybe you're not. Maybe the day of tomorrow you're going to, God's going to have something amazing planned for your life, but he's going to say, hey, but before I get you there, I need, to, I need to make sure that your heart's in the right place. And you're going to go through a difficult situation. But if you seek me in that difficult situation, you're going to have faith. I'm going to give you the strength that you need to be able to accomplish it. I'm going to keep you from opening your big mouth and messing up what I want to do. And obviously, you're not going to rebel because you're going to be led by me. And I want you, I want you just to know that God's intention is, is to bless us. He's our Father. He loves us. Stand on your feet. You guys have been too comfortable for too long. Listen up. I don't know what kind of idea you have of God or how you see Him or what's your view of Him, but if you read the Bible, you'll see that He's a loving God. I mean, to give your only son for people that turn their backs on you, you got to really love, really love somebody. And he loves us so much. And the Bible says that in Ephesians, that even before he created the world, he already knew our purpose. He thought of us. He said, man, here's Javi. He's going to do this. I'm going to use this young man to save lots of young people. Right? To save this generation. I'm going to use so-and-so just to... And God had a purpose for your life. And there's seasons. And just as... Summer comes and autumn comes and winter and some seasons are better than others or some we prefer. But whatever season you're in, you got to make sure that you're positioned, you're well positioned so that you don't extend undesirable seasons and that you're led by God so that when all is said and done and when you're on, I'll say, on your deathbed or you can say the same thing that Paul said. Hey, look, I've lived my life. I've ran the race and I've done my part. Now you guys, the next generation, you guys do it. You take the baton and you serve God and here's all my fruit. This is all that I've done for the kingdom. They're, your kids are watching you, how you react in certain situations. And even with things that are unsaid, you are showing them how they will act when they're married the day of tomorrow. And they'll do it just automatically just because they learned it from you. That's, I mean, that's the way we learned at home. That's what we saw. That's, and we're, we're needing nowadays families, men, women, even young people. I love it when young people come to church. Their parents don't know the Lord, but through their testimony, their parents say, wow, I've seen such a change in their lives. And you see them praying for their parents and just living a godly life and not perfect because we're we're not perfect, but, but you know what? <laughs> because I'm not perfect, that's why I have to pray every day. I, I have to go to God and say, God, give me strength. Because if not, I'm going to open my mouth and I'm going to mess it up. Or I'm going to lack faith. And I, or I'm going to see things the way my physical eyes see it. And when you show me something, I'm going to say, no way. They're going to wipe us out. When in reality, God, they're not going to wipe us out. And it is God's plan for you to go and take possession of something that is humanly possible to possess. And it's not until 
they got to the generation of Joshua, which was one of the servants and one of the two spies that said, we could take him, we could take him. Moses is dead now. And every single person that came out of Egypt died in the desert. Every single one of them, except two. The Bible says because they had a different spirit. I ask you this afternoon, what kind of spirit is inside of you? What kind of spirit is inside of you? Are you believing the great things that God has for your life? When God, Are you taking time to, to listen and to, for God to show you what he wants to do in your life? Or are you just trial and error? Oh, God, I'm going to try this, see if it goes. I'm gonna try this. I'm going to take this job. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to take some course. I'm gonna, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Go to school. Get your education. But above all, take time to go to God's presence. Because when you listen to God's voice, that creates a chain reaction that's going to build faith in you, that's going to make give you courage, that's going to keep you from opening your mouth and messing up what God had planned, and it's going to keep you from rebelling. On the contrary, it's going to give you an obedient heart, a sensible heart. You want me to... Do you want to know how to be well-positioned in tough times and, and keep from extending seasons? It's easy. Number one, I can't hear God only through third parties. I need to know him intimately. Raise your hand with me and say, I need to know him intimately. If there's one thing that you take away from today, it's that. As basic as it is, sometimes you got to go back to the basics, right? I need to know him intimately. Number two, raise your hand and say with me, my faith must be impenetrable. Nothing can penetrate my faith. When God tells me something because I've been with him and I know him just as I know Javi and just as I know my cousin Annabelle and just as I know Fabiola and just as I know Juan. I know God. He told me. And you're going to come and tell me something different from God? I'd rather choose him. Sorry, man. I love you and everything. But he knows what he's talking about. My faith impenetrable. I'm going to also be courageous and brave. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to gossip. And fifth, I'm not going to have or rather, I'm going to have an obedient spirit instead of a rebellious spirit. And when you have those qualities in your life, man, seasons come, but seasons go. And this is the most beautiful part. <laughs> when there's difficult seasons, even in difficult seasons, you party. You celebrate because you're a man of faith or you're a woman of faith. And you know that good things are coming. God did not create me <laughs> to crush me. God created me to lift me, to use me, to bless my life, right? So today, I hope that you open your heart and you've written these five things in your heart and that you start today applying them in your life. And all it takes is just daily, before you leave your house, say, God, here I am. I got a lot of stuff that I'm dealing with, but I trust you and I'm here. I want to give you the best part of my day when I'm freshest. Not when I'm coming back home from work. I'm tired after I ate, showered, and, and I fall asleep while I'm praying. No, here, God, I give you the best part of my day. Because I know that if, if, if I go to you first, I'm going to have strength. I'm going to have faith. I'm going to do the right thing. And I'm, I have everything that I need to face the day and the challenges that the day brings. And you know what? You do that tomorrow, Monday morning, Tuesday, you're going to need grace for Tuesday. You can use Monday's grace for Tuesday. And, and this is week in and week out, day in, day out, month in, and you strengthen yourself in the Lord and you're going to start seeing something. You're going to start seeing supernatural things happen in your life. You're not going to start, you're not going to see the people like the ten spies. You're going to start seeing the victory like the two spies. And you're going you're gonna to start saying, oh man, this is it. This is what God promised. And other people will stand next to you and say, what? I don't see it. What? What are you talking about? This is it. What? Are you crazy? What are you going to do? You're going you're gonna to do that? Are you, are you serious? You've lost it. No, no. Never been clear in my life. I spoke to God this morning. And he told me, this is what I got to do. And I'm ready. And I believe him. And I got the courage to go ahead and do it. I don't care what people think. I don't care what people say. I'm going to be all that God called me to be. And you're not going to stop me. Care along to come on the ride with me? 
So let me pray for you guys and for myself because I always say, everything I preach, I preach for myself too. So close your eyes right there where you are. Father God, thank you because there's an incredible supernatural purpose in every single one of us, God. There's something so special that you put inside of us that could affect and bless generations of people, God. Multitudes of people. And God, sometimes we can't see it. Sometimes we can, when things like this are said in church, sometimes we could look like the ten spies and say, I don't think God gave me that maybe to others, but not me. But I believe that through our relationship with you, as we determine ourselves to not compromise our prayer time, our connection with you, our time in your presence, God, I believe that things are going to start to being poured from your heart into ours. God, we're going to start seeing through the lens of your spirit. We're going to start seeing things differently. We're going to start seeing things in faith. We're going to start believing that impossible things are now possible through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to not talk bad about it because we're going to be able to see it. We're, we, we're never going to talk bad about something we can see. God, and, and that's going to keep us focused. It's going to keep us grounded. And we will do it. We will be the people that you've ordained us to be. And we will accomplish all the amazing feats that you have determined for us to accomplish. And I thank you, God, for trusting us and loving us and being patient with us, God, because maybe in our 20 years that we are, we've been alive or 30 or 40 years, God, we haven't seen it. But yet, you're still knocking at the door of our hearts and saying, hey, take time to listen to me because it's not too late. There's things that I want to show you. There's things that you're going to accomplish and there's a generation needing you and waiting for you. Thank you, God, for trusting us. And I believe that uh, an army of warriors are, is rising up here from JTP Church, of people that are, are they're going to start to see things in the spirit. They're going to start to see things through the lens of faith and they're going to be bold. They're going to accomplish. They're going to do amazing feats. They're going to heal the sick. They're going to save the lost. They're going to do amazing things. And it's all through the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. We pray. And here we are, willing. Amen. And amen. If you're willing, I want you to show it through a big clap offering. Come on, raise your voice.